Welcome in. This is Abstract Dynasty. I'm AJ, and this is not good, everybody. Something like this happens at least once a year. Never gets any easier. You're never ready for it. Um, But the first major injury to befall an NFL team and the fantasy community was just announced on yesterday, the 20th. Running back Cam Akers for the Los Angeles Rams suffered a torn Achilles. Will miss the 2021 season. Cam Akers had about as bright a future as any of last year's rookie running backs going into 21 and beyond. Some might say the highest of all. Real fucking bummer. Uh, his ADP was already creeping back into the first round in Dynasty Startups. We're going to go through it. But I just want to say right off the top that, you know, every once in a while when you have an injury like this, they hit different. And from all the communities that I'm in and the leagues I'm in, it's kind of unanimously agreed upon that it's cruel and uh, your heart goes out to Cam Akers, the player. And it just feels like a punch in the stomach, whether or not you even had Cam Akers on a fantasy roster. And like clockwork, I've seen platforms as well as fantasy players come out the woodwork and say, I told you so about stuff like that. And, you know, if you're going to use this as a jumping point to show how good you are at fantasy and this is your ticket to I'm right journalism, I just don't subscribe to that. This is an Achilles tear. I don't care if you sprain both ankles every year for your entire career and then you get to the NFL. It has little to no bearing on how susceptible you are to an injury like an Achilles or an ACL or an MCL. Cam Akers had dealt with some ankle injuries in college. It's just not something you can see coming. This isn't the kind of thing you can predict or warn of. And anyone that tells you otherwise is just trying to clout grab, get clicks, improve that accuracy rating because it's bad process. And we ain't about that here. I wish Cam Akers all the best and uh, a healthy and speedy recovery. We'll be waiting for you in 22, bud. But back to the matter at hand. What does this mean for Cam Akers? And what does this mean for the Los Angeles Rams backfield? And what does this mean for fantasy owners? So for Cam Akers, an Achilles tear is a grim diagnosis for a running back, to be blunt. There just isn't a long track record of success post-Achilles tear. The most recent ones I can think of as of late was Marlon Mack tore his in week one of last year. Uh, I'd definitely be paying attention to his rehab and how he progresses this season, albeit in a limited role behind Jonathan Taylor. Also, journeyman Isaiah Crowell is a name from a couple years back. Played for the Browns and the Jets before suffering the injury as a Raider. Currently not on a team. And the other one being Deonta Foreman. Once upon a time, a big-time sleeper running back for the Houston Texans, uh, 2018, I believe. He ended up making it back, but then tore his bicep, I think it was last year or the year before, and hasn't been back on an NFL field since. Doesn't mean he can't ever come back from this, but we just don't have very kind experiences with this injury. Um, The reason why it's more serious for a position like running back compared to somewhere else on the football field is... This is an injury that tends to sap explosiveness. As a running back, you're dropping your weight, you're cutting, using that load and explode movement. And to structurally have that altered can be life-changing for many players, but especially for running backs. If you're looking for a silver lining, the good news is that Akers is both young, only 22 years old, and this happened in late July. So he has a full season to rehab this, come back better than before. Um, No rush to get him back on the field for the playoffs or next season because this this is a long recovery. Uh, And also, B. 
because it affects the explosiveness in this way, historically, it looks to affect more of the burst of a player than the long speed. So in terms of how this relates to Akers and the Rams, with how much that team slams wide zone to the edge, it's not exactly a system that requires the stop-start quickness of, like, say, teams that mainline gap and inside zone runs. If Cam Akers is one of the players that does have his immediate bursts sapped, uh, because of the way the play is designed and the way you read it, you read it outside in, and as you're moving laterally and reading your gaps, you by nature have a little bit of time in the backfield to get up to speed. For those of you that don't know, this outside zone stuff is pretty much what turned Derrick Henry into what he is today and explained why he was pretty bad early on in his career, among other things. Uh, If you want to know more about it, you can go watch Brett Coleman's video. I forget the actual name of the video title, but the thumbnail says, Welcome to Smashville. He was a little early on Derrick Henry, but ultimately hit the nail on the head. He does it way more justice than I ever could. Check out Brett Coleman's YouTube. Love you, Brett. But anyway, if Cam Akers was behind like a horrendous offensive line, or it's just in a less running back friendly scheme in general, I'd be a lot more worried about him come 2022. Asking me today, a couple days after the injury, if I think he's done, no. But it is still a concern. And that's kind of baked into his fantasy value now because there's a bit of precedent here. Nobody wants to run this experiment and put it to the test to see if he's going to come back and be what we all thought he was going to be. If you're rebuilding or punting, uh, you can look at this from one of two ways. Uh, Either you have the luxury of sitting around or waiting, but uh, you absolutely have no long-term obligations to wait on Cam Akers. And if you want to get out, you can. I've seen him moved for a pair of future seconds. I've seen him move for one future first, but you're not getting the 105 to 107 that you spent on him last year. So just cut your losses and move on. Totally understandable. If you're a contender, obviously he's not helping you this year. Uh, If you can get by on depth without him, all the better, but you're probably going to need to make the rawest of deals straight up. Uh, I would target like a Miles Gaskin or a Chris Carson. Maybe you can find somebody who's really not that high on David Montgomery. Uh, But anything lower than that, I'm probably just trying to go get better elsewhere on my team. Or I might take a stab at the next guy we'll talk about, which is Daryl Henderson, the primary beneficiary to the unfortunate circumstance. Daryl Henderson was already getting talked up about having his own role even before the K-Makers injury. And now I think that the Rams are kind of forced into featuring him more than they otherwise would have. No, Daryl Henderson is not going to be a workhorse. It's not exactly a next man up kind of thing. Dude is 5'8", 200 pounds soaking wet. That's not small, but it's not ideal workhorse size. And just who Daryl Henderson is as a player, think Raheem Mostert. He's a speedy, upright runner that won't blow you away with yards after contact, but in a scheme like the Rams, where all you need is that one cut and go, you can burn defenses for a house call on just that one run. So that's not the kind of guy that you're going to bruise between the tackles 20 times a game. But because of his big playability and his play style and just needing to use him, It'll probably keep him on the flex radar going forward. Being the starting running back for a hot offense like the Rams is kind of a shortcut up the rankings a little bit. So don't get me wrong. I do really like Daryl Henderson as a makeshift RB2, but preferably an RB3. 
I would rather Daryl Henderson over James Robinson, which, you know, I doesn't doesn't sound like the hottest of takes, but J-Rob is on the rise as of right now. Uh, I would still rather Daryl Henderson. I would probably still want Miles Gaskin over him. I would probably consider him over Chris Carson. And actually what I expect from Daryl Henderson could resemble Chris Carson. Very different players, but in terms of fantasy production. Because Daryl Henderson himself has dealt with two separate high ankle sprains in back-to-back seasons and is already dealing with another undisclosed injury this offseason. So anybody saying, hey, 250 carries for Daryl Henderson, probably not happening. Which means that that needs to be made up somewhere else in this backfield. And the guys on hand right now are Xavier Jones, who was a UDFA last year, Jake Funk, who is their seventh rounder this year. Uh, Raymond Calais was a cast off from Tampa Bay, if I remember correctly, and was also an undrafted guy last year. And their undrafted guy this year is Otis Anderson. Jones and Funk are the only guys that really have anything resembling ideal size. And that's part of what you're losing with not having acres there this year. So they need to fill that void because Malcolm Brown's no longer there. Xavier Jones only played on special teams last year, but granted, he probably had to play special teams if he even wanted a roster spot behind Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown last year. So the fact that he's only played special teams doesn't really leave you to go on anything, but it's at least understandable why he didn't even crack the starting rotation. And Jake Funk was an interesting player coming out of Maryland. Suffered back-to-back torn ACLs in college, but bounced back his senior year and led the team in rushing in what was a season shortened by COVID. Probably would have gone a lot higher if not for all the asterisks alongside his production, which would leave Raymond Calais and Otis Anderson as probably the Darrell Henderson direct backups, uh, just in terms of play style and role. Now, Sean McVay's already come out and said, the Rams aren't looking to add another back to the backfield right now, um, which I agree with on some level. It's late July. You know, the, the Rams could still add somebody. We still have to get all the way through cap casualties and final cuts for rosters. There are still some free agent running backs out there. There could be someone else that gets brought in here. It's really annoying for fantasy, but that's what the NFL does. I'll try to test my predictive power here. Uh, anybody who has a roster spot to burn and maybe wants to get six steps ahead of somebody else in their league. If you want to pick up a running back before he's signed, some of the notable guys that I think would be on the Rams radar would be Le'Veon Bell, as much as I hate to say it, very good receiver still. I don't know if he's cooked between the tackles, but he can definitely catch the damn ball better than anybody else on that backfield right now. Uh, I've been quietly holding out hope for Adrian Peterson siding with another team, probably wants to compete for a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't love his fit just because he is basically a zero in the receiving game. He's one of the only backs that has survived this long while not really offering much as a receiver, but he really does just keep putting up pretty solid numbers on the ground and converting in the red zone. Todd Gurley would be the absolute trolliest unjust signing of all time. But, uh, While the beat reporters are saying he's not expected to be a target for the Rams, he does know the system and still fell into the end zone plenty last year for Atlanta. And I always have a soft spot in my heart for Duke Johnson. I don't necessarily love his fit either because he just really hasn't shown to be much of a between-the-tackles runner. But he, like Le'Veon Bell, would be the best pass catcher that they have on this team if they chose to split it up that way. 
But more than likely, if they bring someone else in, it's probably going to be somebody that's on another team right now, be it trade or after a cut. Who knows? If that signing ends up in the Leonard Fournette kind of range when he was cut from Jacksonville last year, that would just murk you this to hell and back. That would suck. The more uninspiring the signing is, the better I like it for Daryl Henderson. In terms of priority on waivers for which guy I would pick up, So if Darrell Henderson is on waivers in your league right now, I've got no problem putting upwards of 30% of your fab on him right now. Uh, Less for the others until we get some clarity, but uh, someone is going to get the lion's share of these touches. At least early on, that's going to be Darrell Henderson. One thing I always say about waiver transactions in a dynasty, especially using fab, there's a very select few of opportunities where a waiver claim like this would have a seismic impact on your fortunes for the season. Therefore, I'm not shy about using my fab aggressively to lock down a guy that's going to probably make more of a difference from my team than the $5 a week guy that I'm just going to add and drop. For the rest of the guys, uh, see who's available. I would prioritize Jake Funk and Xavier Jones, maybe do like a 10 or 15% for them, just because we don't know who it's going to be. And then Calais and Anderson, I would probably do less. And on that note, uh, good luck to Cam Akers, first and foremost, and then good luck to his fantasy owners. It's part of the game, even though it sucks, and we move forward. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed, don't forget to like and share the show. Follow us on Twitter at Abstract Dynasty. Hit up the reviews. Hit up the comments. Let me know what you want to hear. Uh, if you need draft or trade advice or you have ideas for a topic for the show. And until next time, I'm out. Keep grinding.